This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. Sponsored by Sir La Table, with new stores opening this fall in New York City, Boston, Houston, Michigan, and Florida. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And today we are talking about one of our favorite summer foods, corn. Yes. And particularly corn off the cob. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. what what new is there to say about corn on, on the cob? Yeah. Nothing really. Yeah, there really isn't anything new to say about it. We're here to make corn new for you people. Yes, we're going we're gonna to separate it from, from its mother. And uh, You have a, a corn cob, I mean a corn kernel stuck on your wrist like where a woman would apply perfume. <laughs> <laughs> this, I, this gives me so many ideas. Uh-huh. You can thank me later. If, I'm looking to meet a corn-fed lady. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know, we should also mention that one of the reasons we wanted to talk about corn today is that it's Washington Organic Week. Wow. Yeah. Wow, indeed. Washington Organic Week has pretty much the best acronym ever, I think. Yes. And in fact, I when I was looking at the Washington Organic Week website, I saw that it's also being done in conjunction with um, Organically Grown in Oregon Week. Suckiest acronym ever. Suckiest name. How, how would you O-gow. pronounce it? Ogow. Okay. Why are we doing corn for Washington Organic Week? What is What is so special about corn? Well, I think corn is one of those things that you really want to eat local if you possibly can. Corn Are you is, just saying that because you're one of those people? I'm not saying it because I'm one of those people, you know? Like, I, I like to eat local stuff, but I'm not going to get all dogmatic about it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. corn, really, if you can get it freshly picked, or as freshly picked as you can from, from a farm that's ideally nearby, so it's not shipped too far, it's really going to taste a lot better than supermarket corn that's been flown in from across the country. Now, is that because, as I've always heard, the sugars in corn start to turn into starch from the moment you pick it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, we could have a corn of, uh, uh, you know, an ear of corn that's really delicious today, but two days later, it may have, you know, half the flavor. How long is too long? If it's if it was picked like 37 minutes ago, is that okay? I think that's probably okay. <laughs> you know, but one thing I've always wondered is, if I go to the farmer's market, let's say on Saturday, and I want to use this corn on Sunday night where do I keep the corn, ideally? Do I keep it at room temperature, or will it slow down the sugars converting if I put it in the fridge? I don't know. Do you know? I think the fridge is the way to go. I haven't actually tested it, but I would say in the husk, in the fridge. 
And the reason is that enzymatic reactions almost always are slower at lower temperatures. Ah, okay. That and any sense. chemical reactions. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. So, you know, if you're not going to eat your corn today and you pick it up at the farmer's market, maybe you should rush home and get it in the fridge. Yeah. At speed, <laughs> knock people over like old ladies yeah. with bags of bags of produce. Just uh, leave them on the pavement. Okay. You got corn. You got a mission. <laughs> it's, it's good that I can have an excuse for knocking ladies over now. And to an extent, this is less of a concern today because modern varieties of corn, for the most part, um, they don't convert to starch as fast as the old varieties of corn. Why, but it, why is that? It, it's because they've been bred not to. Like, uh, you know, they've been bred for versions of those genes that work more slowly because the enzyme is kind of busted. Um, but uh, but it's still, it, it's slower, but it still happens. And it's fresh corn is still important. Okay. Oh, very cool. Did you know that when I was in college, the summer after my freshman year, I worked in a biology laboratory that specialized in corn and in the corn genome? I didn't know that. Did you know I was that geeky? Did you make some kind of mutant corn? That um... Well, I actually spent my days um, isolating DNA from kernels of corn and spinning it in a centrifuge. <laughs> but, uh, but no, basically, we, we had a big, um, we had a cornfield, actually, on campus. Wow. And we were growing, like, field corn, and we had put uh, firefly genes into it to try to learn how the corn genome works. Oh, my God. If you, I, I want to eat glowing corn on the cob right now i don't i don't care it wasn't in how many ways it wasn't really edible you don't want to do it mm. i don't know some people may find that really disturbing since there's the whole you know bioengineered thing glowing popcorn could you pop it <laughs> <laughs> yes yes i find this very very disturbing and, but, and how can i eat it <laughs> i have a friend who lives here in town who tells me that her mother when she used to grow corn in their backyard garden used to uh you know take it off of the, the stalk and run into the house shucking it <laughs> at, to dip it in boiled water as fast as she could i've, I've heard many variations on this on this sort of story like uh, boiling water out in the cornfield running running a uh, a microwave on a big long extension cord out of the house <laughs> i'm making that one up um, <laughs> I don't know how else uh, popping popping the corn directly off of the off of the cob in the field. But you know, I really do think that um, you know, growing up, I you know, we always bought our corn at the grocery store, um, and I, I certainly enjoyed it. But I don't think I really ever had corn the way I know it now until I started buying corn like at the farmers market, local yeah. corn that was freshly picked, um, or you know, at least as freshly picked as you can get it here in a city. Right, and I, it's uh, it's like tomatoes in that in that regard. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, I think, I believe the corn that we're having today was picked this morning. Um, so by the time you hear this, it will have been picked two weeks ago and not good anymore. <laughs> but, uh, but for us, um, it's in, the, delicious. in the midst of the experience, yes. And it came from, uh, from Alvarez Farm in eastern Washington. Okay, so like, like we said, we're going to be talking about corn off the cob today um, because corn on the cob has been done. And I, I think for a lot of people, the biggest obstacle to making a corn off the cob dish is figuring out how to get it off the cob. It is really, it, it is a, a continuing challenge in right. my life. How about yours? Yeah, we, I mean, we don't have any magical secrets for this. And I'm sure, I'm sure everyone is going to post their favorite methods. But uh, for me, it, it always involves a lot of chasing flying corn kernels. Yeah, you know, I, um, I once read, uh, maybe it was in Martha Stewart Living, or maybe it was even on Martha Stewart's TV show. I saw her take an ear of corn and stand it up on one end and, you know, cut down, cut down it to let the kernels off. But she did this in a bowl. 
So of course, when the but she was standing in a bowl, she was standing in a bowl, <laughs> a really big bowl. She stood the she stood the <laughs> That's ear. That's one of, way to do it. She stood the ear of corn up in a bowl. So instead of the kernels flying all over the counter, they sort of you know ricocheted off the sides of the bowl back into the bowl. But the thing is, is that you know unless you're like super precise with your knife, you're going to nick the crap out of your knife on the inside of this bowl. Yeah. So I don't recommend that. I don't know. I just stand mine up on a countertop and and slice and down it and chase the corn kernels if, if there were a if there were a martha stewart kmart line bowl that was big enough to stand in how much would it cost and could i get one I, i'm not going to be able to let this go i'm sorry <laughs> you know i i think that i think i should write into martha stewart and suggest this to her i think it'd have to be some sort of like a wide flat bowl well made it, of it wood, would make, it would make cleanup of almost anything so you could put your whole kitchen in a bowl <laughs> you could you could anything that you're chopping that has a has a tendency to fly off the board even yeah. slicing a cucumber they roll off the board all the time do it inside the martha stewart corn cob bowl yeah i mean people say we have a throwaway society i say you ain't seen nothing yet <laughs> I'm throwing away my whole kitchen after every meal. <laughs> um, I mean, corn is great, but I don't really want to make my knife dull for corn. How about how about like gadgets for for corn removal? So we actually, before we we uh, put on our headphones and started taping here, we actually tested out one of those. Um, it looks like a vegetable peeler, but it's designed to go along the the side of a cob of corn and and basically slip the the kernels off of it, and it blew. It didn't yes, work at it all. totally blew. Basically, I mean, it did take some kernels off the cob, but it only took like half the kernel. So you leave like the rest of it stuck on the cob and that's so much good stuff you're leaving behind. I thought it was like trying to shave a marble statue of David. Yeah, pretty much. Not very effective. Not very effective at all. Um, (laughs) We don't recommend those things, whatever they're called. Corn strippers. Corn strippers. No corn strippers here. Yeah. I go for the old fashioned knife and uh, chase. (laughs) Exactly. The old fashioned strippers. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I was really two. sure you were going to say those that. two. Mm-hmm. So now that we've talked about how to, you know, how to get the corn off the cob, then what do you do with yeah, it? Yeah, what do we do with it? I don't know. I, I didn't think we were going to succeed in getting it off the cob. <laughs> honestly, well, we've actually made two different preparations okay. here today, and we should talk about them. Yes. So mine is the is a raw preparation. And people, some people are kind of skeezed out about raw corn, I yeah, think. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, you know, I didn't even know you could eat corn raw. Well, the right. truth is, is that if it's really good and sweet and fresh, with emphasis on the fresh, you often really don't even have to cook it. And it's got this great sort of milky, like, milky flavor, milky, fresh, sweet flavor, and a nice snap to it. Yeah. Have you seen the movie War Games? No. You haven't seen the movie War Games? I said oh, no. no. <laughs> Oh, no, now we're going to have one of these moments where, like, a nerdy guy grabs you and says, you have to see this movie if if you want to understand my life. Um, Then never mind. There's a a part in it involving raw corn. Everybody should go see this movie now. Okay. Anyway, moving right along, the uh, the preparation that I have made today with raw corn, and we'll put the recipe on the website, this is a salad that uh, that I was making at Delancey last year, and uh, we'll probably bring it on the menu sometime soon, since it's right in the middle of corn season right bring now. Bring it on. But basically, you take beefsteak tomatoes and slice them, and then you scatter raw corn kernels that you've taken off the cob over the tomatoes, and then you make a dressing um, where you mince a shallot and let it sit in some red wine vinegar for a while. I mean, ideally, over an hour, really. You're almost kind of pickling this shallot in red wine vinegar. Then you whisk into that some olive oil uh, that you've steeped a little, a little bit of fresh basil in. And, uh, and yeah, then season it with some salt, 
pour that over the uh, the corn and the tomatoes and season with a little more salt. It's delicious. Yeah, I really like it. And um, first of all, I like I like pickled onions, pickled shallots on pretty much anything. And um, it's it's one of these it's one of these dishes where you think um, you know like a tart tomato, a tart dressing. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be too two tarts too many but but it turns out there is no such thing as two tarts too many that's um, very true <laughs> so we talk about ways. corn strippers again um <laughs> but but it works really well together it's a great salad so what did you make matthew i cooked my corn i took my corn and threw it into a uh, saute pan with butter and some scallions and minced jalapenos and cooked it until for, for me like the whole point of sauteing corn is you get this this brown kind of gunky layer on the bottom of the pan that's the most delicious gunky layer you'll ever run into yes wow i love gunky stuff yeah who doesn't i just ate a spoonful of matthew's delicious i would say almost caramelized corn Mm -hmm. and what i love about it is that it gets so chewy and almost like sticky it really does Mm -hmm. i mean there's a ton of sugar in that corn Mm -hmm. and the thing that's weird about it compared to like you know if you saute a steak like you know you put the steak in the in the hot pan and then you get this nice brown layer on the outside of the steak um, with corn, all the brown stuff sticks to the bottom of the pan. And so you have to cook it for a while until the bottom of the pan gets sticky and brown and then deglaze it with some water. And so you you stir in all of that brown stuff and then it kind of gets reabsorbed into the corn. Mm-hmm. And each each corn kernel is almost sort of coated with this wonderful yes. slick of, um, you know, sort of a, a little thin sauce almost of that delicious gunky stuff in water and butter. And then I gave it a squeeze of lime juice. Don't I sell that well? Delicious gunky Delicious stuff gunky. in I, water and butter. I am the mm. first person to, to use the word gunky. Sign me up for some of that. Mm. 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 You know. Yes. Do you think that if you cooked this long enough, you could make a corn nut out of it? Do you think it would get hard? <laughs> How I do think, you think you make corn nuts? I think corn nuts are made from field corn. But, um, you know, as, as far as corn off the cob preparations go, I have to say they're one of my favorite. What is a corn? I mean, how do you think anyone would even approach? How do you think the first corn nut was made? I, I assume it was the byproduct of some sort of biofuel experiment. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, because I mean, it doesn't it doesn't really look edible. It doesn't, and they're so hard. Actually, as a kid, I was a little bit scared of them because I had a lot of cavities as a kid, mm-hmm. and I had to have a lot of fillings, and oh. I was always scared. Like, it felt so hard. I thought I was going to wind up having to go to the dentist and, like, have a filling put back in or something. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we've, we've come a long way from Washington Organic Week. We certainly have. Wow, Matthew. It is, is It is Washington Organic Week. Enjoy it right now, whether or not you live in Washington. Eat some <laughs> corn for us. Yep. Where, wherever you are, you can celebrate Washington Organic Week by eating your own local corn. Mm-hmm. Hop to it, guys. Thanks for listening to Spilled Milk, the show that really shucks. I'm Matthew Amsterburton. And I'm Molly Weisenberg. Visit our website, spilledmilkpodcast.com, for two recipes this week for sautéed corn with jalapeno, scallions, and lime. And a tomato corn salad with shallot vinaigrette. Thanks, everyone. Sounded a little juicier than I intended. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a juicy tomato. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. 
Sherry University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.